And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. Welcome, everybody. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it was when I saw that boat coming in, I said, I, we, we gonna have that up on Sunday morning. Um, I even helped move it in. I didn't help build anything, uh, but I did help move it in. Um, but it was, this, this is amazing. I, y'all can't build a backdrop for every week. Like instead of the picture up there, what if we had a different piece of back? Anyway, just was just being creative, having vision. Um, but the, the VBS, that's just amazing what God has done. When I heard, you know, 17 kids made a decision of faith, I just praise God for that. Um, this is what it's all about. And, um, you know, God at work. And, I, you know, we are a PCA church, but I heard that Aaron was up here preaching the gospel. You heard me? I mean, I heard that she was on the mic, had the altar call, did the thing. Thank you, Aaron, so much. Um, I wonder how many adults came up, you know, in their hearts at least, um, and hearing that altar call. So appreciate it. Um, I'm excited about what's going on here at Christ Central. So um, today we continue in our sermon series. And oh yeah, the title of this thing, that was just a bad sentence. I made that sentence, nobody else, why bad? Kelly really was like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Well, if I would have been able to rewrite it, I would say, why bad things happen, okay? Um, so just, just look past that for a minute. Um, so we continue our sermon series, I'm asking for a friend, where I have um, received qu questions that you and your friends and family members have that have been barriers to belief in God or to be a part of the church for you or them. And uh, last week, we had a powerful sermon done by Pastor Tom on how 
can I believe when my Christian parents are hypocrites? Perfect one. Thank you, Tom, for Father's Day, right? And just so you know, in that sermon, he encouraged us as fathers to be confronted on Father's Day. Thank you, Tom. And then to confess our sins and repent for ways we have been hypocrites to our children and families. And here's a key line, line from that sermon. The cure for hypocrisy, for being a hypocrite, is to repent. It's to repent. And Jesus allows us to confess our sins and turn to him for love and peace and forgiveness. Which is an awesome message for us with questions, you know especially those of us who grew up in the church or had our parents drag us to church. They're such hypocrites. Why should I believe, right? Well, this week and possibly I think the next couple of weeks, we will look into an old classic question that is tough for most, if not all of us. If God is good, some of y'all add this, if there is a benevolent good God up there, why does or would he allow bad things to happen? And some of us would add again to the end of that, why does he allow bad things to happen to good people, right, or innocent people? The problem of evil, the questions of evil will linger whether you believe in God or not. It is human to struggle with the yin and the yang, right? the presence of light and darkness in the same place. To wonder, for some of you who believe in the karma thing, to wonder if our karma is twisted somehow, or for some of you who may be reincarnationists, we ain't, you know, it's believed by Christians, but what in the world did you or they do in their former life to deserve this, right? And this question basically puts our vulnerability as humans on straight blast, right? The fact that we all have suffered, and we hate to admit, have suffered and experienced and been exposed to things that seem to be more than we can bear and still say we are happy or good with it. We have seen horrible things happen to us and others around us. We live in a world where the most innocent and vulnerable are mistreated and abused and trafficked and get hurt. Just this last week, a seven-month-old who died, died after being left in a car in 90-degree weather in Georgia. That kind of stuff. And just the things we have done to each other along with all the natural disasters that have crushed us, stuff like Hitler and slavery and racism and prejudice and, and power moves of oppression and, and the way we have misused and destroyed nature, animal cruelty and on and on. And even last week's sermon about parents letting their own children down, leaving. Me, I was kind of hurt, right, for those who were unloved by those who should have loved, protected, and honored, and been good to them. And those who were abused and violated, even by parents and husbands and loved ones who should have protected, but instead were predators. And if that is your story, sometimes you're just left wondering, why, God? Why? Why you when this has happened to me? And then as human beings, just having to deal with being sick 
all sorts of health issues and mental and physical and emotional. Simply put, things are not all good. <laughs> and yet believers, right, the church's, one of the church's mon- mantras is, right, we keep talking about uh, and singing about this powerful and good God who is imminent, who is all around and here watching all of this and still bad. I struggle with it too. Before we get into answering this question, let me lay down some honest ground rules. It's going to apply to all the questions we try to answer that we've gotten. Um, these questions were offered to me. I asked for them. And who am I? I'm a pastor. I'm a Bible-believing minister of the gospel. I'm a Christian. So guess what? I am bound to give you the Christian answer which means as much as possible, I'm going to let the Bible speak to us and answer these questions. And sometimes I'm looking and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Bible says this. Yes, I'm, I'm discovering some things too. And I will, not, I will let you take it or leave it, right? No scam here, no faking. This is, this is one Bible-believing answer to this question. And so if you hate the Bible or hate Christians or hate pastors and hate church, then you might hate the answers. So my advice, even for a little while so that you can at least listen, don't hate. Don't hate just for a little while. Then go back to hating if you need to. But I urge you, don't hate. I'm being honest with you, right? what it is. So this, I'm going to use this. Okay? I'm a Christian. That's what I'm going to give you. There are a lot of philosophical answers out there. I don't deal in all the philosophy stuff. I like some of it. It helps. But some of y'all are better at that kind of stuff and all the I, I don't do that. This is a Bible teaching. Okay? Second thing, I'm going to do my best to answer in bite-sized pieces as much as possible, and still be preaching the gospel. I don't want to be up here just giving a lecture to you. But I want y'all to be able to digest it. This is not about me getting up here and and being like a TED Talk and showing off and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm giving you this as a service, hopefully. God is using me. I'm praying God is using me so that you can get this and actually digest it and actually apply it to your lives. And then you can take it and get in groups with each other and call each other on the phone and and talk to leaders in our church and your community group leaders and really begin to break this down based on what I've shared with you in the scripture. This is for your good, not for some kind of show up here, even though we have this great boat. Plus, if you're struggling or you invite people who have not been to church in a long time, who are not believers, I don't want them to be up here bored or, or overwhelmed by all this stuff. Because, man, you start getting into this question and there's whole seminars on it. This ain't no seminar. This is a church service. And we only got a little bit of time, okay? So, anyway, in answering the question of why would a good God let bad things happen and, and all the variations of that question, I want us to come to understand what has meant this go-around, this in this sermon, what is meant by good? Like moving towards some kind of definition of good and understanding of good. Because we, we're saying, you know, if, if there's a good God, why bad, right? We throw that term good around without looking at where it even came from. What is God being good? 
What do things being good mean? Two things today I want us to grasp. First, first, there's only two points this time. First, God created everything good. God created everything good. Surprise, right? And secondly, here's a good one. Good, here we go. Here's a good one. Secondly, God created us for good. What? Yes, God created us for good. And as, you've already, and as you've already experienced, if you were here for the singing today or, or many days here at Christ Central Church or other churches out there, there's lots of talk and bragging about how the God Christians worship and come to know through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is good. He's so good, right? Uh, Christians even have their own cheer. At Clemson Games, I went to Clemson, if you didn't know. One side of the stadium says orange, and the other says white, and they go back and forth. And one side says Clemson, and the other one says Tigers, or North Carolina Tar, what? All right. I got to include y'all. I'm in North Carolina now. I've been here for 16 years. Maybe I get with it. Or on the other side, I want to leave y'all out. What? Wolf? You get it. Well, in church world, the Where Jesus fan base, they'll go around saying stuff like, God is good. And the response? All the time. And then they come back all the time? That's corny, y'all. <laughs> That's corny. That's cheesy from the outside. But like any other fan base, it's rich and true for the fans who know the deal. Because if you're not a fan of God or his divine record or performance in your life or world, you don't feel like he is good all the time. And you think that religious folks afflicted, right? With some sort of crazy religious delirium, right? Well, this is where all of that God is good thing started. That the beginning here in Genesis, in the biblical creation story, we're in the space of six days. And some believe six periods, and I'm not getting into that young earth, old earth stuff. But that God created the world by the word of his mouth and the power of his divine creativity out of nothing, a term we call ex nihilo. Out of nothing, God created everything. And if we, what we see if we were to read all of chapter 1 is that God created everything and created everything good. Look at the first verses here that you have in your reading. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without Form and void. Gosh, my, I'm not reading today, y'all. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. Right? And, and what we see, um, if we just take it slowly here, is this first day of creation description repeats itself, right, for six days. And it's almost like a divine hook to God's creative flow, right? As some of you like to say, as he spits out the world with words, right? The land and sea and sun and moon and all the creatures, great and small, on the land and the sea and the plant and vegetation and the sky and all that goes along with that. And this hook happens five times. And God saw what he had made and it was good. 
And that on the sixth day, the final day of creation, the day we humans were made, right? You know what the Bible says? Look, look at verse 31 with me. It says here, and God saw everything. He stood back. He's finished his creation in six days. And he saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was not just good, very good. And there was evening and there was morning of the sixth day. And God saw everything. That, when it says very good, that's like saying, that, that's good, good. Okay? Like done good. Like it all fits. It is finished kind of good. Finale, right? Fine, it's, it's finished. It's great. It's perfect. And that creation hook to God's ex nihilo powerful flow tells us something. The God of the Bible is claiming that he is the source, the source of all that is good. That God created good. Good happens and is, and things are good because the one who is good and holds good and gives good is the God who created all things. That means that if there, if there was no God being, if there was no God being and having created good and giving good, guess what? I know this sounds crazy. There would be no good. There would be no definition of good. There would be no source of good. We wouldn't have good in the world. And so the one who is the source of good defines what good is. Now, you, got, you kind of got, have to follow this because when we get to the hard stuff about the bad, if, if you can't track on the good thing and who's the source and definition of it, it'll be hard to kind of pull it together. So the one who's the source also defines what good is. So I looked up the word good in the original language of Hebrew. It's not hard to do, y'all. Let me give you my secret. There's no secret Harry Potter spell book. You just go to the blueletter.org, right? And it has like the, the, the lexicons and the Greek words and it gives all the definitions. So there you go, blueletter.org. Go there if you want to study. Is Pastor Brown just, you know, making up that Hebrew word stuff? Nope. Go there, look at it, check it out, get into some deep Bible study. It's open. You can do it too if you got time. You can even do it on your little iPhone. You can do it. But this is what the website and, you know, and little lexicons say. Um, the word for good means these things. Good means pleasant. I'm going to go through these a little slower. It means agreeable, as agreeable and pleasant to the senses. Touch, taste, right? Uh, smell, sight, right? Hearing. Uh, pleasant to the higher nature. Um, good and excellent of its kind, just what it is. Good, rich, valuable in estimation. Good and appropriate in becoming of itself, right? Good as compared to something else. Good also means glad and happy and prosperous as it applies to our sensual nature. Good means good understanding, like man's intellectual nature. Good as in kind. 
Good as in right as far as ethics are concerned. Good as in benefit or welfare or prosperity or happiness, right? Good things as in collective stuff. Good as in benefits. Good as in moral good. And as I started to break down some of these definitions, and as they're spinning around in your own head, right, descriptions of what good is and how it connects to the creation story, it means that all the biological, hear me now, in biophysical, in atomic balances, right, that, that have to take place for the earth to work and for us to exist, all the atmospheric sun, and light, and photosynthesis, and, and the way energy levels work, and how gravity, and, and 9.8 meters a second squared stays true, and that an apple crunches when you bite it, and is sweet when it is ripe, unless it is green, and how the animals migrate, and hibernate, and reproduce, and how the earth sits on its axis at just the right angle, and spins at just the right speed it does, and then rotates around the sun, and the whole Lion King circle of life that we idealize in Disney movies, all of that is what we can define as good. Good as how and what God has created. And some of you might, might have heard this. That means that all truth, all that is true is God's truth because good means true and good means truth. And God is the author of all that is true and right and good. Hear me now. In every discipline you could imagine. Right? Taekwondo works because there's some good truth in it. You can break a piece of wood when, when you practice and do it right. Why? Because it's good, <laughs> right? I, I know it's hard to, to use that word, but good as in true, as in physics, as in the possibility of a human hand hitting something, right? All that creation still has that God, that is, that, that God created good is still part of its function and form. And in this passage, God orders the world, creation, animals, and fish, birds, vegetation, and people to be fruitful, multiply, and produce its own kind and keep the thing going and growing. Being fruitful, that, that means uh, uh, represented species all over the earth. God spoke that, y'all. The, the reason I want you to grasp this is because when those things stop being, then good stops being, and you kind of notice it, right? When there's an extinction of a certain species, guess what? That no longer is good, right? He spoke fruitfulness, hear this, sweetness, cuteness. <laughs> when you say, that's cute, he's cute, right? She's cute. There's some God good that created for you to even say that word. Beauty, color, differentiation and music and art, those things that come out of that, and play and grandeur and recreation and majesty and movement. God in creation explained to define good to us that, that things work in order, right, and are beneficial to each other and linked together and help make the whole thing work the way God wants so it stops being good when things don't work the way God designed it. But he designed it and engineered it all 
good. And that's why on the sixth day in verse 31, he said, very good. Very good means that all the good links together and makes a good. Okay? Like, it's almost like all five days, like a, like a train, right? Hooked together. This is good. This is good. Put them two things together. They good, good. The plants go with the animals. Good, good, right? The, the people go with the animals. Animals ain't eating the people yet, right? And, the, and, and Adam walking around, petting polar bears and stuff, right? You, I think it's instinctual. Like somebody like Mike Tyson wants to own like a, like a what does he have, a tiger or something? It's something, you know, he's just, just in touch with his Adam side, you ever gone to the zoo? You want to go in there? I do. Okay, I know I'm, not, I'm 46 and not 4 or 6, but I want to get back there, right? Hey, don't you want to put your arm around a lion? <laughs> I do. I want to know what it feels like to ride a zebra, right? Ugh. Or hold the neck of a giraffe and let it swing me around. Like, I got all kind of creative craziness. I want to ride on the back of a stingray, you know, and just, whoom. that didn't work out for the alligator man. But, you know, like, I want to ride on the thing. Don't you want to hold on to the fin of a dolphin or, or be able to stand on it like SeaWorld? I, just something about that that makes my good and their good. If we can just get it together, that's good, good, Right? Well, maybe God didn't make that to be good. I don't know. But when he says, that means it was very good because there were no conflicts, y'all. There were no inconsistencies or gaps or brokenness in creation. It was what good is, the perfect symphony going on. Harmony, no contradictions, no ugliness, no blight. Though contrast and design differences and created roles. Doesn't that put a whole new meaning to the words we use every day? Good morning. What? You just got up and said, good morning? Did you know what the text just said about good? You just gave praise to God without knowing it. Every time someone gives you a cup, because remember, God, good belongs to God whether someone hijacked it or not, right? Good morning, you can say, it sure is because in the space of six days, he made the heavens and the earth and you and me in his image and likeness. Good morning. Don't do that. I don't know if that'll work at Starbucks. I'm just not sure. But think about it. When you get good morning, what? Good morning. That's right. Because somewhere in the ocean far away, there's some fish swimming around and, and moving around. And the, the, the differentiation of species and all kind of things. Let me show you on the biology channel. On the National Geo what? Good morning. When we woke up, it was already good. We're just joining in to what God has already created. Bottom line, God defines as God is a creative, what is good? And we, you and I, can jive with that. Because point two is this. God created us humans to be good. Which first means he created us to be aware and to experience and to even know good. Humans were created on the final day. Final day seven, he rested, but the final day of creation. And it means that they were the heavies of all created things. That you human beings were God's special creation. And he says as much in this way. Look with me at verse 26. Let's get to this. Then God said, 
Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. And it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of him, he created him. Sorry, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and in every and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. And it says again, and it was so, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, to be made in the image and likeness of God means a number of things, and I'm not going to get into it all. But for our sermon today, it means that human beings stand above creation, and as God says here, taking dominion over it, all right, which means we share in the vision and feel of good God wants and has for the world and each other. We share in his goodness. In other words, human beings as humans, we know and we sense what is good as those who are called to manage his goodness and to enjoy it. There is this thing going on in this phrase, the hook we talked about, and it says God saw all he made, and behold, it says, it was good. God sees and knows and beholds that things are good and what is good, and as dominion holders, as human beings, it means that humans were originally created with the ability, the blessing, the right, the responsibility to see and know and encourage good as it is sourced and defined as good by God. We know it. We've been created to know it. Y'all ever seen that Lion King production? Y'all ever seen like the live one, not the cartoon, huh? Yo, man. I've talked about this before. That thing kind of took me by surprise. I'm in there, and it's just like, I don't, whatever they did, you know, God can use a lot of things. I heard somebody say he could paint a straight line with a crooked stick. So I don't know whether, like, the people who put the Lion King together are are believers or whatever, maybe not. It don't matter. Like, God kind of did something. Like, he he can use that kind of stuff. And I'm in there, thank you, God. I'm like, what's wrong with that guy? Why he in tears? Because th- there was something. You remember, Kelly, when we were sitting that thing, with, and them animals were moving forward? At, what? Do, do. At that, what? I know I'm looking corny up here, but y'all, that thing got me. And I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm just flowing in the Lion King. And, and the way and the, the human beings, it looks like they had studied the, the animals' movements and some of them dancers back there. I was like, what in the world? And I'm thinking, I just saw the stage light up. And then they started coming down the aisle. What? You know why that happened? I still know good. When I see and sense it or feel it, God, God give me the ability. And so do you. I have to add, we'll get to this, not quite like Adam and Eve. 
But you have this question that I've been given about why evil and why bad things of good God, because God created you and me to see and feel when it is not good because we know what is good. Man, I've been listening to a lot of jazz lately. I don't know why. I just go through movements, go from heavy metal to jazz. I don't know what's happening. I'm, in the, I'm, in, I'm taking a shower this morning. I'm trying to sing because I can hear the music I've been listening to in my head, and I'm trying to get the notes out, and I'm like, uh, uh, I'm trying to get that note. I can't help. How did Miles and Coltrane, right, and Dizzy and them boys, like, how did they get that note? That one note that changes everything for your ear, that hits you on the right side of your gut, you know what I'm saying? Like that blue note, and you're like, ah, it got me. And you're like, Man, that's good. Some of y'all, I don't have to be as complicated as jazz or some pop song, and you just play that hook over. Yeah, I like that. And you be waiting for the hook, get there, and you sing, and you don't sound right singing. But you know, it's just, how did they find that note? This week, I'm taking Harrison to engineering camp at Clemson for the week, and we're taking them today. Uh, and, and you know what I'm looking forward to? Miss Diane came up and said, hey, I got a few pieces of that key lime pound cake. What? I'm a diabetic, but I don't care. <laughs> Why? That little sliver that I'm going to get is going to taste good. You, and you know that, man, right? Like, that thing's going to taste good. You know why you, we know that? Because God created you and me to taste good, to be able to taste it and see it and feel it. That's a blessing of God. Aren't you so glad life has taste? It ain't like the Matrix. <laughs> y'all, some of y'all are too young for the Matrix. The Matrix was our movie, man. That, the Gen Xers, the Matrix. Like, we can refer to the Matrix like y'all do Lord of the Rings or Marvel comic heroes or something, right? When we had the Matrix, we all got smart and all philosophical. It's like you're in the Matrix, brother, right? You're just going around talking about it. The red pill or the blue pill, right? And there was the unique thing about that movie was like when you got out of the matrix, it's all a computer program and it, oh, things only taste good or smell good because it's computer program, right? But when you come out of it, the food looked like slop. Nah, man. One guy was like, I'd rather go back in the matrix. I want to taste my food, right? You can taste your food and say, yum, yum. It's good because God created you with that. But for us, here's where it can get hard. As glorious and incredible as God has made us human beings, and we are incredible. I want you to think about all of, I just mentioned all that complicated nature stuff. You are the most complicated. Like, I can see some beautiful things, man. I've been watching fishing shows, and they kind of show the fish and what they do. I'm like, what? They do all that under there? What? Right? And, you are more complicated and beautiful and, and intricate than that. You're more sensitive than the most sensitive creation God has ever made. Right? But you are still not the source and sight and judge of your own good. We don't make up our own truths. 
we are blessed to join in with God's. Do you get that? This is where it gets hard. It is only because God said and saw us and blessed us with good and ability to, to enjoy it and know good and truth that we know it. Just like the animal's kingdom good is only good, good if the plants are good with the sun and the sun is good with the plants and then the animals can eat the plants, human beings are only good and stay good if God, the God of the Bible, has authority and speaks blessing and truth and good to them and through them and over them and invites them in to taste it. You know what the scripture says? Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's an invitation to come. It's an invitation for you to open up and begin to enjoy and being human. You know what the sanctification means? Where Christians come to Christ and then they grow in Christ? It means to, even, to begin to embrace rightly and better in a good way, in a full way, what it means to be human. And that means letting God be God. Oh, I know where he's going because now he's going to say, that's, you know, we're going to get to the why bad things. Yes. <laughs> because here's the deal. Um, let me just jump to it and ask this. As we lean into this question and get ready to go deeper next week, I want you to wrestle with a question. Is it okay? Is it good for you for God to be the good God he says he is? no matter what. Is he good? Because that's who he is and how we were created. Every time you enjoy something good, I want to plague you, your mind with this. I know that's not a good word, plague. Every time you enjoy something good, every time you stand up and you move your leg and it actually carries your body weight, right? Every time you breathe and exhale, right? Get some oxygen, a little bit of nitrogen, and let some carbon dioxide, whatever, whatever, you know. Uh, when, you, when your head go back and then you put the water or drink in your mouth and your throat works, right? Right? I, I, I want you to be plagued by this idea. It only worked because God made it work right at that moment. Man, you, you can't even get into how bad things are when you realize how good God is at every minute, second, hour. Look at y'all breathing. You're even thinking some bad thoughts with God's mind. Look at that. Walking around in the bodies, y'all look good too. How did y'all look so good? God did it. When you get up in the mirror, you're like, I'm looking pretty good today. <laughs> good morning. That's right. <laughs> I like that. Truth is, you and I are not really curious, most of us, when we ask the question. We are judging and criticizing why God's good can't be more like what you think and think of as good. And that is not just for those who are atheists, agnostic, or whatever. This is true for all Christians. We accuse God of possibly not being God or not being good or even there not being a God. And maybe it stems from us not being good with God being over us. 
Let me end with this. Look at verse 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Yeah, this is a description of something going on in creation. A lot, there's a lot of fussing between what this means and gap theories and all kind of stuff. We ain't getting into all that today. If you want to get into that, we can talk later. Call me, we'll talk. I'm going to bore you to death, too, okay? I got some long books on it, right? Our world, our personalized, what we see have become formless and void and misshaped again. We'll talk about that more next week. But I will take exactly what you see here. The paternal, creative goodness of God to make what is void. That means void of answers for all that is going on in your world. Void and misshapen by all the brokenness and darkness where there is no light, where there's uncertainty and kind of just arbitrary things going on. It is the place questions like this come from, y'all. But the Bible says God's spirit hovers over what is void and meaningless. It hovers over what's hard to define. It hovers over what is dark. It hovers over questions and people with questions that don't fall into easy categories of good and bad. Do you know what hover means? It means, the first definition I looked at, it means to move and affect with tender love. To cherish. And then it means this, to cause to tremble. Here's the good news. God is good because he's always been completely involved to make what is not good, good. And what is good, better with his love. And for us to experience that love in our lives, we must tremble and move before his voice. See, when we ask the questions of why this God, if you are good, this is not a philosophical answer, right? Or argument in a classroom or some social media forum. This is a personal God you are questioning who is alive, right? Who makes moves, who moves where there are voids, who moves while in, in things that are still dark and uncertain for good. And the question is, will you stand there before God and his love and his goodness and his power and risk having your darkness, that which you can't see is good or bad, to have your mind and heart shaken and moved on by the creator of God of every Everything good. Take the risk. Bring your voids. Bring your questions. Bring the twist in your understanding of good and bad. You know what the scripture is saying? God doesn't walk away from that kind of stuff. He loves it. He moves on it. He wants to share his goodness for your misshapen, avoided misunderstanding of things. I love this. Because I think we have in our mind that if we have these questions, God, he, he, he's kind of mad at us. No, he loves it. 
He hovers over us who have questions. I'm going to go out on a limb because I, I, I just know. You know what the shortest prayer is? <laughs> Believers and unbelievers say, when something goes wrong, what's the first thing come out their mouth? Oh, God. Right? God. God dang it. Okay? I didn't say the real word, right? Even cuss, right? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Right? We let all those words come out when something bad happens. I'm going to go ahead and plague your mind with something else. <laughs> when something good happens, I just want you to say, oh, God. Even say, why, God? If you want to take it up a level and kind of bring that hovering God a little closer, say, Jesus. You don't have to be a Christian. You're not taking his name in vain. I'm going to give you permission to pray the shortest prayer. When you eat that food today, God, that was good. Oh, my gosh, I just prayed. Right? You don't have to have a theological understanding. You don't have to have gone to seminary. You don't have to be a member of a church. You don't have to have walked the aisle. You don't have to be, have taken this Lord's Supper today. I just want you, when something good happens... Go ahead. God, mm, that was good. This is what I believe is going to happen to some of you. The hovering God is going to come down on you. Isn't that what you want? I, I, I don't think this is a game. I know you might have come in here and thinking we're going to kind of, you know, fight over this in our minds. Why bad things happen. God happens. He's the real deal. I believe if you begin to just say those short prayers over what is good, God's going to come with his goodness and with his love. You know, Scripture says God so loved the world, you know, that hovering that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to the world, that whoever would believe in him would no longer perish, but have life like creation, right? That's it. Pray the shortest prayer, especially some of you Christians. Y'all don't forgot. Oh, God. Even, you know, when, when, when you hold the hand of a loved one, sometimes that thing just feel good like an electric... When you give somebody a hug, God. Some of y'all won't be able to help but worship God. And when you call his name, the hovering God is going to be exactly who he is. Good. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've made us to taste, to see, to experience your goodness. Whether we're Christians or not today, 
whether we barely believe in you or not today. There's so many bad things going on. All we do is curse you. We even curse ourselves. This week, Lord, I pray for your people. I pray for the grace that you would open up their minds, their eyes, their hands, their ears, their taste buds. I pray that things would be extra good, so good that they wouldn't help, but they can't help but say, God, thank you. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you. I pray that as you hover over what is sort of meaningless and void in so many ways, that you would come with your goodness in their lives. And that ultimate goodness is Jesus Christ. Work in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.